Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Cathode Raycast, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about all things television. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, and I'm joined by a very special guest today who traveled to be on this podcast, which I find (laughs) very exciting. Uh, You may be getting to know him. You may already love him. It's Yarko Dobryansky. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. Uh, Listeners, I don't know if you have listened to past episodes. Uh, If this is your first time here, thanks so much for joining us. However, if it is not, you may remember Yarko from a couple of podcasts in the past. He was on a couple of Overdrinkers, maybe just the one. Two Overdrinkers, yes. Masses of the Universe and Clifford. Yes. And then, obviously, if you listen to Cathode Raycast, you'll remember him from the Schmigadoon podcast. Which we had a blast uh, yeah. recording. That was a fun uh, one. Yeah, really fun. Um, it's not unfortunate because I think it's a great streaming platform, but we're really kind of just like advertising for Apple TV Plus right now because <laughs> <laughs> we did Schmigadoon in the past. And obviously, listeners, if you've clicked on this link, you know we're here to talk about Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. which uh, we're really excited to dive into. Uh, We will be talking about spoilers probably from the get, so if that is something that bothers you, uh, please feel free to pause and come back after you've binged the entirety of Ted Lasso. Um, We will primarily be talking about season two, but it'll probably be a good mix of season two and season one. Obviously, we're going to be covering these most recent episodes probably the most heavily, just because they're the freshest in our mind. However, we probably will be spanning back and forth because we haven't covered Ted Lasso yet, so haven't talked about it on the mic with anyone. That's that's a jam-packed show. There's a lot in there for both seasons. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, Yarko, what is your relationship to the beautiful game? Football. Football. Um, my relationship is like any other American. I watch it every four years during the World Cup. <laughs> I hear you. I'm somewhat similar. I, I like watching it during the Olympics as well. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll watch the Euro Cup. Yes. Know. Yeah. It There's is something kind of exciting like... going on. Somebody, my friends will tell me and then I'll jump in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my family, uh, especially my mom and my brother, are big soccer watchers. So wow. they actually pay attention to the Premier League. They pay attention to the Champions League. Uh, my mom is a big Barcelona fan. Um, yeah, so my brother's always like asking me, did you catch this match? Did you watch this? Like, where are you in this yeah. uh, Champions and Premier League matches but i don't really watch it all that much okay uh, but you probably understand more of the rules per se because your family correct than me. correct yeah i yeah. grew up in a soccer household for okay. sure and i played soccer when i was younger okay. so i think i get it more than ted lasso gets it <laughs> <laughs> which is a very funny end joke that they just keep coming back I to it. i love it did you play soccer at all um i did play soccer uh in high school for a little bit yeah but and then like for fun but that doesn't necessarily translate to me knowing the rules. I just know <laughs> kick, pass, try and get the goal. <laughs> <That's> Perfect. 
<laughs> I mean, I do think while there are a few like strange rules with football, I do feel like it is a pretty straightforward sport. Yes. Like, you mean strange, like the offside rule that Ted Lasso couldn't get? So he, he asked the ref? He can't understand at all. He's <laughs> like, how is that an offside? No, really. How is it? How is it? Explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what this is. <laughs> um, because frankly, I, I think it's great that Ted Lasso is kind of bringing this to an American audience yeah. uh, just to kind of explain how fanatic the rest of the world is yes. about soccer. Because when I watch American football... I don't get that. And I don't understand the enjoyment of that. I don't understand the enjoyment of it either because I feel like – so with American football and European football, there are two things – or one thing that I don't like about both where there's a lot of wasting time Mm -hmm. instead of competing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I don't get the fascination behind American football because there's a lot of wasting time. Yes. Um, and then in the European form, there's what I think the Italians have mastered of the, oh, I'm in pain yes. for like 10 minutes and then they get up and they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a, a tactic for sure when yeah. it comes to playing the sport of soccer. Not a fan. No. no. But I will say I like that a lot of that extra time, stoppage time, will mm-hmm. typically get added on to the end of the half. Right. Um, I do know that. That way they're not messing around. Yeah. So it kind of discourages the players from wasting too much time because it's like they'll still be getting that time back. Right. But it is a tactic for sure. And it's usually done to break up like the active participant of the other team. If the other team is kind of like on a heat or if they're like right. really on fire and they're in the groove, it is a very uh, useful tactic. It's crazy that it's part of the game yeah. that a player can just like fake an injury. Now, I, I will say that from what I understand, um, football – European football has really kind of tr- – they've tried to sort of jumpstart it here in America several times, right? Like in the 70s, yeah. Pele was the big guy and it almost blew up, right? But then it didn't. Right. And then what? In the 90s, the U.S. team was kind of hot, the U.S. you know, world team. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of died back down again. And then we have the, the women's team that was super huge. And I feel like also the school systems have put in soccer teams – so I think maybe we're on a on a nice slow track of gaining speed. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, that uh US women's team, especially maybe like four years ago, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best team in the world. And yeah. right now there's a lot of transition right now between a lot of older players deciding to leave. Okay. And so this new US women's team is a pretty young team comparatively to what it had been for the last, you know, four, eight 12-year cycles that they've had. That's got to be exciting, no? It is exciting. It is. I think it's interesting uh, just watching them recently in the Olympics. Like, they're definitely finding their new footing. But I think uh, especially some of the older stars who are leaving now, like possibly Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd is starting to step away from soccer as well. Megan Rapinoe is like the the Roy Kent. Yeah, kind (laughs) of, sure. (laughs) I just want to hear her growl at everything. (laughs) But yeah, I think they're starting to have an understanding that like this is a new team and we're kind of getting ready to pass off the okay. you know the, the torch baton. to the, torch, the yeah. yeah to this new team, which is exciting. Cool. Yeah. Kind of similar to like Roy Kent as you said leaving yeah. and passing on the baton to like Sam or right. you know this new younger team. Yeah. 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 So, 
Ted Lasso. Ted what Lasso. do you love about it? What drew you to it? What drew me to it, ideally, and the probably the biggest in the first season, and to an extent the second season, was how positive it is. Mm-hmm. It's one of the shows that I feel like all the shows now are so dark and negative, and I'm kind of sick and tired of it. I need some positive in my life. And Ted is 100% positive. I love it. Love it. Even though he's surrounded by negativity, mm-hmm. right? What, what's that? In the first season, they were saying that uh, hope. What is it? It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah. Yeah. And he just flipped that around because he, he didn't like it. He was like, that's, that's, not, that's not how we should be. No. Yeah. Believe. 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 Yeah. So that's, that's primarily what drew me to Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, A, because it was soccer, mm-hmm. and I was excited about that. Cool. Um, I do really like Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit on Schmigadoon with Cecily Strong coming from SNL. Mm-hmm. Big fan of SNL. Um, Jason Sudeikis was a great player on that show for years. Yeah. Um, but I'm a huge Scrubs fan, and Bill Lawrence, the guy who did Scrubs, is one of the creators. Right. You know, executive producers of this show. And now, did he have Sudeikis in mind for this? Oh, do you know the history? I, I of don't. Ted Lasso. I, I feel horrible because I usually do my research in terms of how the show gets together, and I wasn't able to this time. Oh no, that's great. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, I believe it was NBC started to get the rights to play Premier League matches. Okay. And to advertise for the Premier League. They did a commercial with Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso, and he was an American coach who (laughs) could not – an American football coach who could not understand football. I love it. And, uh, yeah, it was like maybe just a couple commercials where he was playing the character of Ted Lasso. Uh They decided, like, let's make a series out of this. That's brilliant. But watching those original commercials are like the one commercial perhaps. Ted Lasso is kind of like a – a little saucier, uh-huh. um, a little raunchier, maybe a little more angry. Okay. So I'm glad that they really dialed that back and made him more positive and yeah. uh, a character who does kind of repress his inner demons. Yeah. Because in the commercial, I was like, thank goodness they didn't go this route because <laughs> it wasn't drastically different, but it was different enough that mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I would have gelled with that character. Okay. I'll Instead check of, those out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you just like search Ted Lasso Premier League NBC commercial, yeah. yeah, I think that would probably bring it up. So, I think they were shopping around maybe the idea of Ted Lasso for a while, and then it landed in Bill Lawrence's hands. Awesome, and he was like, "All right, let's let's run with this." Yeah, yeah. There's um, you know, something that we spoke about with Schmigadoon. There's, I feel like there's something catching on with writers where they really can delve into a character's psyche and how like emotional development is a great arc for a character. Um, and in, in Ted Lasso, you see it with a, a lot of characters, but more so with Ted in season one and season two, mm-hmm. where he's this positive guy. And realistically that it can't be like, he's obviously pushing stuff down and it's going to blow up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so season two, it does blow up. And it, I think it's great how they write these characters. They're, they're incredible. Um, same with, like, you know, with Jamie. He's this hotshot little punk, right? 
but then he he grows up, which is real life. You know, mm-hmm. kid in his twenties, he thinks he's a shit, and then somebody puts him in his place, and he's finally acting like an adult. I love it. I love all these characters. Rebecca. Oh yeah. Oh my god, she's. I mean, I mean, she has so many layers to her development, right? I mean, mm-hmm. beginning from the divorce, and she wants to destroy the team, mm-hmm. and then Ted kind of shows her the light, and so she's there's that redemption happening, and but she lied as well to Ted, and then yeah. It, Am I moving too fast here? Oh, no, no. not at all. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then season two, she kind of she kind of becomes Ted season one to Ted, right? And mm-hmm. and sort of saves him in these moments. And so does maybe, – maybe in part she, she starts off that way and then hires this therapist to kind of take over that role, right? Right. I mean, it's, really, the writing is incredible on this show. It's very well done, um, especially when at the beginning of season two, it's one of the first episodes. He has the panic attack. Yeah. And he leaves the pitch. And you think, well, this is kind of a jumping off point to further explore Ted's history. Right. But then how it's woven into the plot at the end of the season where the story actually comes out, yeah. kind of after you even think it's going to be a plot point anymore. Right. You think like, oh, well, that plot point served its purpose. But it's no. gotten us with this relationship with Ted and Dr. Sharon. They pulled an Iron Man. Yeah, and then they brought it back. Yeah. And, like, really used it as, like, the crux of what's going to happen in season three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy that they're not putting, like, pulling a, a British show where it's just two seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have to continue the show. This is so important for this country right now. That's something positive. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny because it does – have elements of feeling like a British show. It totally does. Certainly. Yeah. Even though it is an American show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because British television, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. But I'm I agree short. a lot of them are really short. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because they just have so much fun and they have so many projects in the works all the time over there. Yeah. That not as much as writing on like a series. I feel like over here in the States, like if a show gets greenlit, like everything is writing on that show. Oh, totally. We don't really toss around programming in the states like not over not in like England. we used to. Yeah, right. I mean, back back in early television, they would do like they would, you know, negotiate. Let's do thirteen episodes just to see. Right. Right. They don't do that anymore because that's they're you know penny pinching and they're trying to make sure everything's this is the formula. It better work. If it doesn't, we're screwed. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I liked that you brought up that uh, Rebecca's storyline kind of was an echo from season one to season two. Yeah. I think that is a good way to put it. Because I just love how in season one, Ted comes into Richmond mm-hmm. and he kind of becomes the glue of what starts to intricate all of these coworkers in each other's lives. Yeah. Because it's weird to think of like how that club worked prior to Ted showing up. Because it seemed like they really didn't have a lot of interpersonal relationships right. amongst the team. Yeah. And especially, I think that's... He made them a family. He made them a family. Because also, right at that point, there had been a lot of secrecy and... Backstabbing. Backstabbing, especially between, like, Higgins and Rebecca. Right. And Rebecca finding out that Higgins, like, hid the affair from her mm-hmm. and was playing both sides. Poor Higgins. I know. <laughs> He's kind of like the unsung hero. He is. He's totally the unsung <laughs> hero. He, but he, the great thing is that he doesn't realize it. Right. <laughs> He's so innocent. 
I love that moment where Keeley comes to him in season two. Yes. And he was like, I'm so honored that you came to me before Ted <laughs> or Roy. And he was like, she was like, well, he's a practice. and He's in training. <laughs> and he was like, or Rebecca. And she's like, well, she's the one I'm afraid to tell us to. <laughs> and Higgins like, I'm just glad to be on the list. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Higgins. <laughs> he's great. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, the two episodes that we got in season two that weren't part of the original slate because season one was only 10 episodes. Season two was 12. Oh, right. That's and right. there were 10 episodes originally. And so we got two bonus episodes woven into the series. Oh, do we know which ones were the bonus? We do. I <gasps> would I would wonder if uh, you could take a guess and figure out which two. Is it a Coach Beard episode? Yeah, that's I one of them. I love that episode. Me too. Yeah. Um, shoot. Is is the second one um, Roy Kent's and Keeley's relationship episode? No. Oh. But I'm I'm surprised that that was a choice. It does feel very individualistic. It yeah, feels like a Yeah, that's the only reason episode. why I thought that, that, that those would be the ones. But mm-hmm. what's, what's the other one? The Christmas episode. <gasps> oh. Which kind of yeah, came the, out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. They're all good ones. I mean, they, yeah, they are all good ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really great to find out. Because I figured that Beard After Dark or Beard After Hours or yeah. whatever that episode is God, called. It's such a great episode. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. But yeah, apparently uh, they had like a big list, like a big storyboard of like, these are episodes we're definitely doing, but mm-hmm. these are a bunch of episodes that just sound like fun to do. Yeah. That they had to cut. And I think that they had like four episodes when they got the call from Apple TV and were asked to do a couple more episodes. Awesome. They were like, all right, which ones are we doing out of this short list? Right. And I think it was Sudeikis who was like, we got to do Beard After Hours. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he, You know what? He deserved it because I feel like throughout season one and halfway through season two, they, they try to like give – Beard more story, but they they can't because they have to focus on the other ones. Yeah, and then Beard After Dark is just full blown Beard with yeah. with all his his glory, right? I mean, even at that secret club where he just starts spewing facts about that the college or yeah. university <laughs> team. You're like, what? What? Where did that come from? It's incredible. I just love the idea that Beard, who is kind of a weirdo. Pretty reserved, kind of hard to read. Mm-hmm. He's just like dated all of these women. Yeah. <laughs> like his yes, intel. Yeah. Like, how did you know that? Oh, I dated a professor from there. <laughs> like, just like how? <laughs> it's great. There is like some kind of like weird magnetic charisma There's, oozing yeah, from him. Totally. But you can't put a finger on like why or because <laughs> he's he's like the silent, the silent killer. Yeah, he gets you. I find myself laughing at him probably the most. Because of his looks. His looks. And everybody else. His reactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. (laughs) And I'm sure when I was watching uh, Beard After Hours, um, I have been to a a secret club in London called Mm -hmm. Milk and Honey. And that was called something very similar to Milk and Honey. Okay. And I was like, ooh, I think they're referencing that club, which I believe shut down. Oh. I, I believe because of COVID, mm-hmm. hmm. which is a huge bummer. Yeah. Um, 
But watching that episode, I'm sure there were so many references that went over oh, my head. Sure, yeah. Because uh, I really only picked up on a few. Right. <laughs> and I was like, this episode is lost on me, but I'm also very much enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, what a weird Gonzo idea. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it, the, the way they, they threaded this story, even like through that, the girlfriend with the jealous boyfriend, right? Running through. And then at the end, he ends up helping him during the fight with Jamie's father. Yeah. 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 It's great. Great episode. Uh, but not to go off topic, but... Oh. I, it's all on topic. It is all on topic. It's all off topic. <laughs> Offsides, onsides. <laughs> How's that offside? <laughs> no, tell uh, me. No, tell me, really. <laughs> um, I love the pub that Ted and Beard hang out in. Where is that pub? I want to be... A regular in that pub. Right. Love it. Yeah, when I uh, – I've only been to London once, listeners, and it's like all I talk about. <laughs> but in reference to this show, uh, when we did go to London, we were going to try to see a match. And we did, and we saw a Tottenham Hotspurs match, okay. which was very cool. But if we wouldn't have gotten in to see a match, I told Heath, like, let's just find a pub. Yeah. Where the pub, like, basically is going to the match. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that would be awesome. But I love that pub, too, in Ted Lasso. Yeah. I think it's great. And I thought it was great that in Beard After Hours, getting to see those three main Mm -hmm. uh, beer guys get to actually run on the pitch. And it kind of makes you realize, like, oh, they're not well off enough to even go to the games. games. Yeah. Like, they can't even necessarily afford to be club members. you don't think about that. No, you don't. Because they seem like such avid fans. Right. But then you realize, oh... They go to the pub because that's what they can afford. Is that is that not a thing in in Europe to like just buy a ticket at the stadium and go? Do you need to be like a member for the season? You do. That's horrible. Um, yeah, you have to be like a club member. Wow. And we got tickets because we were just online. Uh-huh. And so club members can sell their tickets for specific matches if they're uh-huh. unable to go. Okay, so you could sort of do it. It's just right. sideways. It's like legalized scalping. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But yeah, I think like the way you get to go to most matches is you're a member of that club mm-hmm. and you just have the tickets. Cool. So that's why yeah, I that's think... a great moment on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever uh, they have like the tickets at the window and like Roy would have to go up and be like, I hear you have tickets for whoever they said, like mm-hmm. Shania Twain or whatever. <laughs> like that's why that ticket window is such a big deal is because people leave the tickets there for okay. other people to pick up. Cool. As opposed to, yeah, just having like a box office where right. you can go and buy tickets. I don't think that's as much of a thing over there. Uh-huh. Which, yeah, it makes the fan base even more rabid. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of feel a little exclusionary. Yeah. Towards does. people who can't really afford it. On or, face value, it does seem that way. Yeah. 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 Um, can we talk about Roy fucking Kent? Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite. He's awesome. I love Roy Kent. <laughs> I don't know anybody that wouldn't love Roy Kent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe if you were a male and you had some kind of like weird insecurity issues, then you might not like Roy Kent. Hmm. If you feel challenged by him. Oh, really? Interesting. But, but other than that, yeah, how, how can you not love him? Yeah. He's yeah. great. He is great. Now, I... I, I I think I remember, or you may remember me talking to you about where I thought his character was going to go from oh. season one to season two. 
Well, remind me. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and tell the listeners. <laughs> yes. So season one, uh, Jamie and Keeley break up at the end, right? And mm-hmm. then Roy gets in on that and he's with Keeley. Season two, we see that Roy's not playing football anymore. He kind of is floundering in terms of doing something. But he, he believes or he makes himself believe that he's in charge of his niece you know, going to school, and that's all he has time for. Right? <laughs> right. But then we find out that he does this mother's group where he, oh, yes. he goes after, while his niece is in school, he goes over to the mother's house and they all watch um, Jamie on this reality show. And at the end of that episode, I was like, oh, is this where they're going with Roy? Is he, was he just dating Keely because maybe he's secretly in love with Jamie? And I swear, I swear, I thought that was where there was, this was going. I thought he was watching that show because maybe he was gay and was in love with Jamie. That would be that would have been a, quite a turn, a weird twist, but but yeah. cool, right? Yeah. And I I didn't kind of I didn't let it go a hundred percent because there were episodes after that where I was like trying to figure out is it still this or not. And then even when he when he Roy. Um, <laughs> sees Jamie break down because of his father mm-hmm. and he goes to hug him. I had like a split second of him wa- when he was walking over there. I was like, is this the moment? And then when he, they hugged, I was like, nope, it's not. He's just being the right coach for the right player and possibly a friend. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting ride for me to watch. So you have pretty much abandoned. I've that abandoned theory. that theory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you oh. think that theory should be alive. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly because I'm so into, like, the Roy Keeley relationship. It's a great relationship. And I'm really nervous for it. Okay. I I think Keeley is very in it. I think she's in it 100%. I Even think she's, with this last episode, you think she's in it? Yes. I think she is actively trying to not blow it up. Okay. And I think it may be the first time where she's, like, fully really committed to something. Mm -hmm. But also, because of that, it's given her the freedom to, like, understand her potential, which Mm -hmm. is a big point in season two. Um, What I'm really nervous for is that it seems like Roy is starting to fear that it might come to an end. And because he's fearing it, he's kind of causing it. Right. Which is going to be heartbreaking to watch if that ends up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I well I think I think for one the writers are fucking with us. I hope so because of that, <laughs> the whole school teacher thing. And, mm-hmm. But I think that's nipped in the in the bud. I hope so in the bud. In the bud, <laughs> yeah, like a flower. Like got a flower. it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I thought when they when they kiss when she confirms she's like you go on vacation I'll be here waiting for you. And I was like, okay, she's in it. She's in it to win it. But then after the kiss, I thought I saw a bit of a doubtful frown on her face for a second. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. Was that on purpose? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like also it's unfortunate because Roy is kind of like winding down with his career, which is what he was very excited to go on vacation for. Because mm-hmm. he was like, I actually get to enjoy vacation for once. Right. 
And whereas Kaylee's professional life is like really just starting to take off totally. in its final form. And that's always difficult. Yeah, when it is. A couple isn't matching up in their professional conquests. Career-wise, right. Yeah. It sucks. It really throws off the relationship. Mm-hmm. There is going to become a little bit of like a power imbalance. Not because one is stronger than the other, but yeah, just because they're at different points in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think that they've worked through a lot of possible issues. I don't feel like they really encountered many issues where they were keeping things from each other, but they're such an honest couple. They are an honest couple. Like Which is great. Brutally honest. Yeah. And it's, I think it's the Ted Lasso way where it's it's positive. You know, it's yeah. it's showing people that you can communicate in a relationship and make it work. It's just going to be hard. Yeah. And maybe it's time that we start accepting things that are a little hard, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that humans are messy. Yeah. We're humans. We fuck up, mm-hmm. but we have to accept it. All the move time. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of us are perfect. None of us. I just see you. I don't know if you noticed, but I am not watching my language because of Ted Lasso's ability to not care. And they're in Europe and Roy fucking Kent always curses. <laughs> he does. So my apologies for any uh, young viewers or listeners. <laughs> they're just kind of like glossing right over it. <laughs> Maybe you're going to make a lot of Phoebes out there. <laughs> Maybe they'll just all be cursing. Maybe. <laughs> At least you're not drawing breasts or anything like that. <laughs> you can't help with that aspect. Those are really Phoebe. good drawings, by the way. It's really funny. Like, she should go into art school. She should. Yeah. Those are incredible breasts. Yeah. She's a great character. <laughs> she's a great character. <laughs> I love her. I hope she's in season three quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her and I really loved Nora. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rebecca's she was, goddaughter. She was, uh, to use a, a British term, a little cheeky. She is a little cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It was good. And I was worried when Rebecca started to hook up with Sam Me that too. maybe that would have ruined her and her relationship. I know. Yeah, but she was totally in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Bossy ass bitch. Bossy ass bitch. <laughs> yeah, that episode, the, the funeral episode where Nora finds That's out about Sam. Great episode. You're just like, oh gosh, this is going to go poorly. And then it goes fine. Yeah. Yeah. She has a lot of maturity to her, that Nora character. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy with the way they did the funeral episode because Me too. That though that's my experience with funerals where you just can't stop cracking jokes, people are laughing. I don't know why. It's it's always been my relationship with fun- and I've gone to a lot of funerals. Mm. Um and that to me is more realistic than the somber everybody's quiet, you know, have to respect. I, I don't know, in my in my brain it's more i think it's more respectful to bring joy during a funeral and and there's something maybe maybe it's insecurity that that people joke around and laugh but then when the time is right when the whatever happens the burial or funeral or service you get a little respectful in terms of your body just kind of kicks in right mm-hmm. yeah i like that episode it's a good episode i i agree yeah i just recently went to a wedding and it made me so hyper aware of how when you go as a guest mm-hmm. to a wedding, you're kind of participating and performing as a wedding guest. Yes. I think there's something very performative to weddings and funerals. Yeah. So I think it's great that they used Rick Rowling so heavily in the funeral episode because it's just about performing. 
mm-hmm. because there's such a performative aspect to performing sadness right. or performing grief and how much of it is genuine and how much of it is something that you think might be genuine, but you've kind of forced your body to do right. just because you feel it's appropriate. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think humans, when they are confronted with such harrowing extremes of mm-hmm. emotions they behave differently yeah i think we kind of like short circuit yeah because that's not something we really ever get to practice in real life it's yeah. just something that we show up on the day of and then we're like well how do we do this and then it's just awkward the whole day right <laughs> and, that, and that's part of jamie's apology to roy yes. before roy is about to possibly kick his ass he's <laughs> right. like there's a lot of emotions going around and it just it just happened mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'll never do it again yeah like, fuck! <laughs> yeah. The headbutt at the end of oh, the season two. Great. So that he could hug him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Roy. He's brilliant. I understand. He's so great. Did you see Brett Goldstein or Goldstein? Roy Not Kent. Sure. Roy Kent. <laughs> Did you see him uh, accept his Emmy? No. He won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy. And he doesn't sound like Roy Kent. No. His voice is just pretty normal. No. (laughs) Which makes me feel like really sad for his voice. That's really sad. Because, I mean, that must be rough. That's got to be rough. To just be growling all day. That's got to hurt his vocal cords. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's really like, he's grunting. It's like totally from the throat. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's. now Now I'm curious. Now I need to see. But will that ruin Roy Kent for me? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> his, his voice is perfectly fine and lovely. Yeah. I don't mean to voice shame him. <laughs> but I was disappointed <laughs> to find out that Well, I think that's a good he's compliment. He's not Roy Kent. That's yeah. a good compliment to his acting ability and making you love that character, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. On the flip side, Juno Temple, who plays Keeley, mm-hmm. she is also on this other Apple TV Plus show called Mr. Corman. which is a show recently released. I think it's over now. Ten episodes, season one. It's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's show. Okay, cool. That he, like, co-created, wrote, directed some of it. He's a smart guy. He's very smart. Man. But uh, Gina Temple is in that show. Uh Uh-oh. And she's American. No. In the show. And her accent is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Not really a fan. Okay. But Are you I, not a fan because you're so used to hearing her with the British accent? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because, I mean, she is British, and <laughs> that's, I think, her Keeley speaking voice, I'd assume, is pretty close to her normal voice. Yeah. However, uh, her, like, American voice is just really high. Oh. But Keeley's voice is kind of high, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, yeah. You should check it out. Okay, I'll check it out, too. It's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> And I don't think it should be. Okay, all <laughs> <But> right. <laughs> accents are strange. They are strange, especially yeah. if if they're so different, right, from mm-hmm. one another. It's it's a little wild, but you know, I mean, who's who's made the best British accent? I don't know. I think I think we could tell that on those. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh yeah. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that what Telazza said in, like, the end of season one? I forget. Oh, I wish I could remember his lines. He has the best monologues. Yes. The best monologues. And I think my favorite out of the two seasons is the dartboard monologue. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that one is killer. Killer. Knocks it out of the park. And it's even better because, like, you know it's coming. You know he's working up to something. (laughs) But it still comes across so smoothly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not arrogant. It's just honest. Yes. And it's good. And you Mm -hmm. want him to kick Rebecca's ex-husband's ass. Yeah. In darts. For sure. It's awesome. What a great moment. And it has something to do with his father, right? The dartboard stuff. And then... And I wonder if that kicks it off for him emotionally. Maybe. And that's why we go into season two with the panic attack. Yeah, some gloom. Yeah. Looming over him. Yeah, I'll have to go back. I really wanted to go back and watch season one and all of season two before this. Yeah. But it just... Life moves too fast. Yes. Yeah. I was able, on the train ride up here, I was like, okay, if I were to pick one episode from season one to kind of just rewatch and get reacquainted with their personalities back then, what would it be? And I did the last episode. But I was looking for the dartboard episode, and I thought it was the last episode, but it wasn't. And I'm happy that I did the last episode because it's kind of, it's the culmination of all their emotions mm-hmm. in that first season. And I think that was the perfect one to watch to kind of recap and have the freshness of season two ending at the same time. Right. Yeah, that was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we discuss the elephant in the room? I know. We we keep avoiding it. I know. <laughs> it, it sucks. It sucks. And all season, it was just getting worse and worse. But you know what? I didn't see it coming. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. Oh. Not to that extent. I thought it would just come together. I I think I told Heath almost at the end of every episode, I'm like, Nate, really, someone needs to, like, sort Nate out. Yeah. Like, someone needs to sit him down and give him a talking to. I thought I thought um, Roy Kent was going to do it. I thought yeah. Coach Beard was going to tell Roy Kent, and then Roy Kent was going to get pissed and put him down. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen that way. Yeah, what a weird... What a twist. ...villainous arc for oh him. Oh, my God. He got really nasty and... Yeah. And just... Granted, we're seeing, like, all of the insecurities come out in him, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah. But, whew. It's but, like he was repressing all of that just uh, disdain for not being recognized for his entire life and right. taking it out on Ted. And that's, you know, I think Ted was ready for that. And he was going to, he was going to take it. Mm-hmm. And he did take it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once you release that, you would have thought that. Nate's original kind heart would have kicked in, but it doesn't. No. He just goes full-on bananas. Full evil. Yeah. Yeah, full dark side. Oof. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I mean, he should be, you know, not that he should be grateful, but he should be grateful to Ted because he gave him this chance, This because he saw something in him that mm-hmm. he knew he could do this, right? Mm-hmm. He got him that coaching position. And the only reason why he couldn't continue making him feel special was because he was dealing with something heavy on his side. Right. Right. And granted, like, <clears throat> once you've helped someone kind of achieve that level and you've instilled all this confidence in them, you do kind of see, well, maybe I can move on and do that for someone else now. Right. You kind of let them go. Let them fly. Right. Right. Like, I've gotten you to this point. That's up to you. Yeah. And – I still think you're great. I'm just not around you all the time telling right. me that I think you're great. Do, Which, you, do you think this is going to turn into a, a Jamie thing where he goes off and will Ted continue to love him? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know either. I think it's I think it's great that we don't really see any of like Ted's and Dr. Sharon's like serious conversations. Mm-hmm. They show them a little bit, but you don't really see their sessions in full. Yeah. But I do think it's an important lesson when you grow up and you get older that you realize that sometimes toxic friendships can end. Yes. You don't have to make amends for everyone. You can't right. just keep making excuses. You don't have to forgive everyone. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of just let something end if it needs to. Right. And I wonder if Ted were to pursue counseling for this Nate situation, hmm. if they would tell him, like, you just got to let it go. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. I didn't even think about that. Because I feel like Ted has so much more work to do on himself. Yes. He doesn't have time for this. No. Not at all. Because it's, pe- it's really, it's pettiness. Yes. And it's also just Nate not recognizing his own demons. Right. And just really not handling it well. And I also like that they're really highlighting how toxic social media can be. Yeah. Because it seemed like Nate yeah, was doing addiction. kind of okay until he started getting praise and he right. started reading the negative reviews with the praise and really sent him into a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I can't speak on this, but I, I wonder, you know, all these thoughts go in my head, but I, I wonder if there's a layer that maybe we're not seeing of Nate's perspective in terms of racial uh, difference in hierarchy, class structure in England. I wonder if maybe that might be an excuse for his behavior. And I, to me, it still doesn't make sense that he would go that evil. But I wonder if that's his logic, right? Because you always want to see what their perspective is in terms of acting ability, right? You want to see what what is the reasoning behind your character, whether it's good or bad. And I, I mean, I, I can't understand it, but I wonder if that's part of it. Right. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Well, it's it was really well done that they showed his relationship to his parents in the yeah. season. Yes. Because you could tell that he's very used to reserved parenting. He mm-hmm. doesn't see a lot of affection from his parents. He doesn't see a lot of praise. Yeah. It's very cold. I think his parents love him and I think they have a loving relationship, but it's not really quite what Nate wants or is trying to seek out. It's not what he got from Ted. In the exactly. First so when Ted comes into his life and he kind of sees him kind of like as a father figure and he's starting to receive all this positive praise, when it's taken away from him, he kind of goes into a withdrawal yeah. from not receiving that praise anymore, which I understand. Right. And he kind of goes into a um, just a, a block. Like he blocks out that whole situation from his mind between him and Ted because when they're when Ted is divulging this information in, in the office and then Roy goes and then you think that Nate is going to reveal that he was the whistleblower on Ted, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But he has this look of like not even considering divulging that information, right? He goes into, I kissed Keely, mm-hmm. which everybody in the room and even me were like, yeah, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> which I think that's what really set him off because he just wants to be seen as a threat. As a threat, yeah. And the fact that Roy was just like, you're not anything. No. <laughs> like You made a mistake. Right. I forgive you. You're you're punching above your weight class here. Yeah. Like, I'll forgive you. And I'm sure that didn't feel good. I mean, is is it that he's punching above his weight class? Or is it that it just it just wasn't going to happen because Keely is in love with Roy? 
And she was in love with Jamie. And that's why that was a bigger issue. Right. Right? Right. And I don't think Roy was putting down Nate in terms of she's out of your class. I think he was just putting him down in terms of it's okay. I know that it wasn't love. Like it was just an infatuation. Right. A heat of the moment situation. Right. And that's what's so great about Roy. He's he's reasonable even yes. when it gets crazy. Yeah, he's pretty level-headed for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I think Nate is just feeling so hurt because no one sees him. Yeah. And he's so desperately trying to be seen. Right. And I I think it's interesting that you brought up the race issue and whether that plays into it, and I'm sure it does. Yeah. Because I did love when he told Ted, you know, I had to work for this. You were just handed this. Right. And it's but, like, yeah. That's... But that's a little unfair, too, because who's to say that uh, Ted didn't work for it back in the States? Right, right. It was just a different type of work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I can't compare in terms of race relations, but who is to say that Ted didn't work for it in the States just as hard? But maybe, maybe not. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I do, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It's unfortunate, and you start to see the seeds when Nate is starting to treat the new. Um, I forget yes, his name. The new. The new boy. Nate. <laughs> the yeah, new boy. The new boy. So so poorly. Yeah. And you're starting to see it's like oh he's getting a little too high up on his high horse. Right. And and Coach Beard. Sort of sets him back, right? Yes. And then you have this great episode where Nate's back to being good. And then that addiction to social media mm-hmm. screws him up. Brutal. And he kept saying, does he just keep getting grayer and grayer with his hair? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that was a choice, hmm. you know, to kind of show like the, the, stress the evilness level. and the the ev- yeah. growing. But yeah, the stress level too. Yeah. Right, because at the end... He's like full gray. Full gray. I I couldn't quite place who it was until right before he turns around. I was like, oh, my God, that's Nate. Yeah. Weird shot of him like walking up to the camera and just like staring into the camera. Oh, my God. Totally evil. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird choice for them. I don't think he's turning around. I think he's evil for good. I think he's evil for good, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll have some redemption in him, but. Maybe. But he, but then, then again, he also works for you, all right? He works for Rebecca's ex-husband. Yeah, which is a total dick. Yeah, Rupert's awful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna see with Nate, but it kind of sucks because now I'm just like I don't really care about him anymore. I've right. kind of lost my yeah desire to even like see him possibly turn good again. Is that because he turned so evil, or the way he? Yeah, the way he handled himself. Interesting. I don't know. I just think like. Must protect Ted at all costs. So, <laughs> right. so it's like if he's out of there, yeah. if his negative energy is gone, good. I, yes, good. <laughs> I, But I also – the one thing that's still connecting me to him is his addiction problem. Yeah. And that makes me sad because that's so relevant right now. Extremely. Yeah. And so I hope they still continue that mm-hmm. and maybe either go full force or resolve it. Well, it's cool, too, to see a man have issues with that because I feel right. like so frequently in television and film, it's a oh, woman who has issues with social media addictions. So sure. It's kind of cool to see it on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. So the the last group of people that we didn't really talk about 
are the team. Yes. <laughs> uh, these members, like these new team members too, especially Jan, <laughs> like they're so great. <laughs> they are great. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they, the team took over the role for season two of the glue that Ted yeah. was in season one because he formed this family and it worked and they're the family mm-hmm. and they're the one constant in season two. Definitely. Especially with that Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah, the whole at um at Higgins's house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the surfboard as the table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh coming out strong out of the gate with Danny Rojas. Oh yeah. That first episode. Totally. R.I.P. Earl. <laughs> and how they gave him the final penalty kick mm-hmm. in the last episode. That was a nice little tie that back. Was, that was a great I didn't see that coming. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. I you know, this whole show has surprised me. Or maybe I am losing my touch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're just letting the show do the work for you, I think you know? So. I think because it's so positive, I yeah. don't I'm not um second guessing anything. Yeah, or like dissecting it as yeah. you're watching it. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It's nice for a change. <laughs> yeah, it is nice for a change. I and and I think list, the listeners should should maybe keep that in mind when they watch the show. Maybe just enjoy it. Yeah. And try and dissect it. Yeah. That's even difficult for me to do sometimes, yeah. but Ted Lasso is a good example for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that's Sam. Sam. What a cool arc oh. for him. Did you? So did you figure that out when Rebecca was texting and Sam was texting and Ted was texting? Did you think maybe for a split second it could have been Ted? I thought they did a good job of seeding it. Okay. However, what Rebecca was saying that she was liking about this mystery Didn't banter. Didn't connect with Ted. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking. I think so either. Ted wouldn't say those things. Right. Ted wouldn't quote those references that right. Rebecca's saying that he's referencing. But I will say, I was talking to a friend who coaches soccer. Mm-hmm. And she and her husband, I guess, uh, pay and they get screeners like ahead of time. They're in like some kind of like inside club. I don't really know how it works. Cool. So I was talking to her at one point and I asked her if she was caught up and she was like, yes. And I said, I'm caught up, too. And so we started talking about it. Uh-huh. And it was before it was revealed that it was Sam or anyone. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they're doing a good job of, like, making you think it's Ted. And she was like, well, isn't it, like, cool that they've, like, revealed that it's that player? And Oh, so she revealed it to you? <laughs> oh, no. But she didn't tell me who. Okay, good. Um, Because I think she realized she was like, oh, no, I've, I've seen ahead of her. Because like, oh. I've seen the screeners. Right. <laughs> um, so... I knew it was going to be a player, mm-hmm. and obviously how many of them are key players. Yeah. Not many of them. Not many. Because you see them all routinely, but right. only, you know, like five of them really have characters' characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a nice surprise that it was Sam, and at first I thought it wasn't going to work. But then I was rooting for them the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I was totally rooting for them, especially in the funeral episode. But – um. But Sam's arc was, arc was very interesting as well. I mean, because you think – you thought that that relationship would have been the end of it. But no, they end that relationship a little early. And his he has a second arc of is he going to leave the team? Is he going to go and join this Nigerian team? Mm-hmm. And then – and I knew I knew this was coming. I knew that that rich owner was secretly a dick. Terrible. Yeah. 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 And what – I mean – He's a great actor. I mean, I loved him from Veep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time I was thinking, Sam 
is feeling kind of honored by this, but he's going to see through this eventually. Because mm-hmm. Sam's a pretty respectful person. He's frugal. He cares about the environment. I don't think he's going to be charmed by this man just throwing money away. No. He he follows his heart. Right. Yeah. And he, and that com- phone call conversation between him and his dad, where his dad is like, the universe will tell you. You'll do the right decision. Yeah. And that's, that's basically Sam in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. He lets the universe give him signs. Right. And he does choose the right decision, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. And meanwhile, he brings a little bit of Nigeria to him. Right. Yeah, right. with the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a really nice touch. Yeah, that was a good touch. He was like, well, if I can't go closer to home, I'll bring... Home here. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. I do, too. I think that's great, especially as a person who has moved a lot and have lived in different areas. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think you don't have to be home, but you can always have home where you are. Yes. Which is a nice sentiment. Yeah. It feels very warm and welcoming. And I think a lot of people need to keep that in mind. Absolutely. I feel like that's um, a regular thing here in America mm-hmm. where you're able to do that because there are all these – you know, like Little Italy, Little This, you know, Chinatown, yeah. everywhere. So I think it. I think it's maybe we're more used to it. Than, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it was like a nice little reminder, too, that Ted can realize that Sam is also away from home. Right. And it's also hard on him. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, obviously Ted and Sam have a relationship, relationship but we haven't really seen their relationship, yeah. really. And maybe that would be a nice thing to see fully develop. That would be a nice thing. And also, I think I think I just came to this realization. Ted doesn't have that. He doesn't have like a little America in London. He's got nowhere. Mm-mm. So maybe they'll try and do something like that in season three where he, he has something. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's finally starting to adapt to like British food and you know what have you assimilating assimilating yeah Yeah. but he just he certainly doesn't have a touchstone he doesn't he doesn't have a touchstone no because it seems like beard has really embraced the culture and embraced the nightlife Beard just seems like he can embrace any culture (laughs) 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 absolutely yeah he just goes with the flow Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i feel like ted needs a touchstone his character his personality needs something that feels like home Yeah. yeah i agree with you the the best thing of the whole Sam Edwin story though is in that uh that museum. Oh, yeah. And he was like, You just met Banksy. Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> he drops all the paint. Yeah. Oh, very funny. For a second I was like, wait, did they get the actual Banksy? Like, no, no, no way. Who knows? Ah, there's Maybe. no way. There's no way that's Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> I the whole idea of Banksy and the fact that we live in the world where Banksy exists is so cool to me. It is cool. It is cool that he can go so, you know, hidden still with all yeah. the, the cameras and technology. How do people not know who Banksy is? I don't know. It's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think Ted will find love in season three? And is that even important at this stage in the game? No, I don't think it's important. I agree. I don't really care. But I think he might. I'd be happy for him yeah. if he did. It might be Rebecca's friend. It might be somebody new. Yeah. Um. But I don't think he needs it right now. He needs to figure out who he is mm-hmm. and what he's doing. 
Right. And he needs to figure out where home is. Where home is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because originally uh, the writers had said that there were going to be three seasons. That's it? That's it. Oh, God. But now, because it's so successful, they are saying that the (laughs) storyline that they had intended is a three-season arc. But that maybe there might be, like, not a spinoff per se, but there might be, like, other avenues that come out of Ted Lasso. Come on. But I'd almost rather them just close it off at three. Really? You wouldn't want five? If if it's like not what the story allows. Like five is like a gold standard. Yeah. You kind of, you know, three, now you're now you're going close to that British style. They are. Yeah. They're doing it. I don't like it. I need, <laughs> I need me some more Ted Lasso. You need six seasons in a movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be sad to say goodbye to these characters yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to touch on with um, this show? No, anything I, we didn't get into? I think uh, I think I just want to tell the the listeners to uh, believe. Believe. Yeah. And thank you, thank you for having me back. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the show is great. I'd be happy to chat about season three. Yes. It'll probably be. Within a year, I think they say they like to stick to like a year apart for the seasons. Yeah, this so. that's a brutal wait. <laughs> it, it kills me. There's so much more television out there, though. I know. Don't but you feel weighed down with all the television? <laughs> I I do, but I you know I'm still old school where I like my school year to be my season. Oh yeah. And then have the summer break because it's only two months, and then start it up again. Yeah. But that doesn't exist anymore. No. But I can only believe that it will happen again. Mm. (laughs) Buzzword of the day. Buzzword. (laughs) Yeah, I was just discussing yesterday with my sister that I think television is so exciting right now Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. Sure. But I also find it kind of frustrating that something that I've never even heard of before, Squid Game, comes out and everyone's talking about it. And now I feel like I have to watch it. Yes. Even though I'm watching a million other things, but now it's like this thing that I didn't even know exists. So Squid Game is a show and not a game? Correct. Okay, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be squids and it needs to be a game. A game. <laughs> not a television show. Right. I thought it was some app. Oh no. <laughs> it's a Netflix show. Okay. I guess I'll maybe dive into that rabbit hole. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, I agree with you. I liked it better when it's like I knew about a television show for a yeah. couple months. I'd wait for it to come out. Here it is. I really enjoy it. Take a small break and, and then get right back, back into in. it. Yeah. I don't like this overnight drop situation where all of a sudden the whole world is talking about something. Right. And it's like I didn't even know this existed. Although I am happy that um, most of these streaming platforms have gotten on the bandwagon of Still keeping the old school of... Week to week. Week to week. Huge fan. Huge fan of that. I hate the drop-off because I feel I feel like maybe they realize, oh, maybe we'll lose viewerships because they forget about it too early. Mm. The week to week keeps you... Engaged. Engaged. And it, it shortens the time between year to year. Agreed. Yeah. And it also makes me dwell on it longer. It makes me think about yeah, the episode. Absolutely. Really let it cook in my brain. And then it, all, it also, like... It rein, reinvigorates the, the, the water cooler talk, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. It's good stuff. Good times. Yeah. 
Well, you've already plugged your other podcasts that you were on. Those three episodes are great. Yes. Schmigadoon, Masters of the Universe, yeah. and Clifford. Yeah. Those are good ones. Those were great. I'm sure you'll be on other ones in the future. Um, I'm hoping to. Yeah. And and I, I am actually starting uh, a co-podcast with a friend. Ooh. Yes. And that'll, that'll ho- hopefully come out in November. Excellent. Yeah. But not ready to reveal yet what cool. it is, but just uh, stay tuned. Keep the listeners on their ears. On their ears. You like that? That sounded great. Touch toes. Now touch teammates' toes. (laughs) (sighs) Too many good ones. Too many good ones. Too Too many many good good lives. I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the thing that I would love to let you listeners know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you would love to dive in to our $5 a month exclusive content feed. If you become a member... On StoryScreenBeacon.com, you can join for $5 a month, and you get a bevy of unreleased to the public articles, podcasts. We occasionally do videos over there as well. If you want to check out our YouTube, we usually release those to the public as well. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this riveting chat about soccer and Ted Lasso. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.